podcast our football <laughs> book uh, monthly podcast but uh, it has been a yeah. long time so apologies for that it's been a really mad summer i've been away to turkey twice and you know with Lovely. all the goings on and all the different podcasts and all well everything that that you have to yeah. do to try and uh, get a few more likes a few more followers a few more patreons <laughs> it's been very yeah, busy yeah. so let's talk about your patreons first andy um, we don't need to know how many that you've got. Hopefully, okay. you'll have hundreds and thousands, a little bit like the toppings that you put on <laughs> your your trifle. But how can yeah. people hook up with you, buy your product, or buy into your product? And what is the best for people that don't necessarily publish books, but mm-hmm. people that like to read books, but ultimately just want to support you? Yeah. Yeah, no, brilliant. Thank you for that as well. Well, the Patreon that we do, so there's, there's free options, basically, and you can access it uh, through the website or direct through the um, Patreon as well. So it's at patreon.com uh, forward slash myfootballbooks. Um, there's three of them. We do it basically for a reader patron, uh, and um, with that, it's just £2 a month, and that helps support the work I do, and um, and I suppose in turn and supports you know, authors out there, publishers, because my overall aim is to share the written word and, you know, the beautiful game. Uh, but that's just £2 a month, so really help and support. Um, uh, but, yeah, you get a complimentary my football bookmark, so that's what I recommend for all readers. Um, but if you do want to support us more, but you, also you're an author, uh, there's an author patron of just £4 a month. Uh, and what I do, and as I have had recent... Um, uh, all for patrons join, which is great. Uh, I do. I'm going to be doing a. Fe- I have done a feature article of their book uh, on the website, which I include in the monthly newsletter, which I share, and I also share it through all the social media channels, which I've got, well, over fourteen thousand followers now across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and as well as obviously adding it to the website as well. And then the final one I do is for more for the publishers, which is it, um, just seven pound a month. So. It's, all the benefits and author, but any books that they publish, um, yeah, every month really, or any books they they send out, um, they are producing. And again, I'll do the same, do a feature article, and um, put the links on the website to their website or to you know Amazon or whatever they they choose. So there's three options: so reader, author, and publisher. Paul. So um, for anybody yeah. that's listening to the podcast mm. now. And says, Andy, I don't publish. I'm not an author. I just want to support you. What would you say is the best reader? Okay. Yeah, go for the reader. Just £2 a month. So, you know, that's um, that'd be greatly help. And I think it's just a couple of pounds. What's that? Less than a, well, then I don't even know. Your coffee's now double that, isn't it? It's £4. Absolutely. Yeah, normal coffee. Well, I'm drinking a <laughs> coffee now. It's um, yeah. it's certainly less than that because I've just got it from my kitchen. But I think oh, that's you, different. Yeah. yeah, if you if you go to a coffee house, um, which I've never yeah. done, right. I'd, I'd be yeah. amazed on how much that you would pay for a cup of coffee, and and probably yeah. for a third of that price, you can support your project, which is, I would say, yeah. has got to be the biggest promotion of books online anywhere in the world 
I, I do, yeah. I've uh, I've often looked. Um, so I've been doing it for years now. So I've celebrated the third anniversary since uh, yeah. starting in COVID. And I'm not aware of anywhere, mm. um, quite literally worldwide, that does uh, similar, really. Just focused on fo- football box. And, uh, you know, I cover books of all, of all uh, well, your new releases, ones of books coming soon, but also recommended books both by me and also people that follow and recommend books to me to read and to fellow readers so yeah absolutely a lot of books on the website thousands basically and you (laughs) also give us a recommendation every week on terry curran's current view with the oliver hillsborough mr terry curran so you always have an input into that i think what you do is quite phenomenal and and unique as well because you know you you do it all because you care about the football books. You you want to get involved yep. in promoting football books. And with our yep. football book podcast, the way that you get involved in our podcast is by yep. linking up with Andy. And Andy mm-hmm. will promote your books. And I go through your Facebook and your Twitter <laughs> pages and yep. I go, Oh, I like that. I'm going to give that a mention. And and that's how we do. So if you yeah. want to get involved in our football book pro, uh, project with the podcast, please get involved with Andy. And through Andy, we get these football books and then we talk about them. So we're going to be a little bit more insular these days, Andy. We want them to yeah. like you, you know, get involved with you. You know, yeah. if you want to like SRB Media, that's fantastic. If you want to like the current view, that's fantastic. But it is talking football books. So what yeah. is the first book that you want to be talking to? I've got to say, I've got yeah. tw- I've got 12. You've um, got 12, have you? I've got right. 12 okay. down here. But I'm guessing by the end of the podcast, which usually goes on um, <laughs> 90 minutes, maybe a little bit of extra time as well. Well, extra time nowadays, it's probably an extra, what, 20 minutes, isn't it? You never so know, how much do time you? you get now? Well, I hope you ain't <laughs> going to be doing these goal-scoring celebrations and really, you know, egging it. Not the plan. Egging no. it, yeah, or no. over-egging <laughs> it as it is. But uh, I'm going to cross off books that you mentioned because I'll go, snap, okay. snap, I've got that. So you, the floor is yours. Well, Where do you want to yeah. go with your first book? Well, feel free to interject. I've purposely, because we've done, not done it for a while, I've picked 50 books. So I've gone quite down the line. So uh, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give a little short bit on all of them. But I'll start off with the books, the books that have um, released. I'll do 25 books that have already been released over the last uh, couple of months or so, and then 25 that's coming up. So from, from when we were doing this podcast going forward. And, uh, well, one place to start, what better place to start, really, I suppose, um, when we're doing this is just the day after... And the Lioness is making the World Cup final coming up at the weekend. So the first book is the called The Upcoming, um, The Lionesses and Beyond by uh, a lady called Jane uh, Purden. It's, it's uh, come out through uh, Pitch Publishing. Uh, and anyone that knows of Pitch Publishing, they are by far the biggest sports publisher and do uh, yeah, cracking job, really, um, supporting authors. But, yeah, the Homecoming is basically... Um, it's a personal account uh, by John Jane Purden, who um, uh, is basically, well, she's well known, but um, uh, she's done a lot of um, roles in, well, she's worked with both with Sunderland, she's also worked with the Premier League, 
uh, I think in governance and there was the most recently was the CNO, CEO sorry, of women's in football and uh, but yeah, so it's a personal account of hers about how the IMF is trying to the women's Euros in the summer of 22, which seems a long time ago. Uh, and um, yeah, so it's basically um, a call about what's what has happened. And obviously now they're going to a World Cup final, which is even greater for, for women's football. It's certainly gone on, you know, such a, you know, it's uh, a spectacle. It's fastest growing, one of the fastest growing sports, women's uh, football, that there is. Um, and um, yeah, and it's picking up. And when it was so popular back in the many long time ago, the Lily Parr team that you all know of, Dick and we talked of before as well. Yeah, yeah Dick Girl Lady. So yeah, so so yeah, that's the first one. Um, upcoming, homecoming. Sorry, by Jane Burden. There are a um, number of uh, lionesses hmm. or women's football books at the moment. Yes. It is quite popular. There are a lot of yeah. people that are jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, I think yeah. it's great to see that the media, the controlled media, are finally caught up. They're actually yeah. doing things now that I was suggesting that they should be doing 10 years ago. And yeah. Yeah. as the media are the media, they will follow yeah. the money. Us football fans follow <clears> the heart, but they follow the money. Um, it, I, I find a lot of it vomit-inducing, if I'm quite honest, because I see the same people now that are falling over them wouldn't give them the time mm. of day 10, yeah. 15 years ago when yeah. when I was doing it for nothing. And yeah. In terms of the FA, I think they're just a bunch of idiots. But, um, I mean, <laughs> that Mark Bullingham is on the TV now. God knows what he's talking about, but I've not mm. got much time for them. But good luck to the ladies. And if I could give you any yes. advice or a word or a few words of advice, stop all this politicisation, if that's the right word, and the sexualisation of the yeah. game. Concentrate on being footballers because you're bloody good footballers and all of the bullshit yeah. that, that surrounds it, just leave it at the door, take onto the football pitch yeah. your footballing ability because I think that you're very, exactly. very good and I think you're a credit to the nation. So well done yeah. to everybody that's been involved in the journey of women's football. I have been involved in the journey. I was a stadium announcer at Birmingham City Lady. Yeah. I am the only Birmingham City Stadium announcer that's had the microphone taken <laughs> off them twice. <laughs> but but there you go, and that's why I don't like the media. Yeah. Well, right. well said, well said, totally agree. So that's next uh, up. Yeah. Yeah, and the next one, um uh I think go from the Masters of Women's to of now to the Dutch Masters uh, is my next one by Gary Facker, so um, we know of and spoken of plenty of times, released a number of books. So he's um, well known, he's a guest on um, the likes of um, BBC, on TalkSport Radio. Um, but Dutch Masters, it's, uh, it's um, a heartfelt history of one of the greatest and most iconic uh, European. Uh, Ajax, I think it's all named, AFC Ajax. AFC, by the way, doesn't stand for Amateur Football Club. It stands for Amsterdam, Amsterdamish uh, Football Club. That's uh, yeah. So Dutch Masters, which is um, yeah, it draws on uh, the authors' various interviews with with former players and other authors and journalists. Uh, but it's a cracking read again, coming out through Peach. Uh, Peach. So uh, I'm sure that's one that many listeners will uh, enjoy reading. Absolutely. Uh, what, what a team! Absolutely. Yeah. And the first professional player to. Be uh, to be signed mm. by the great Ajax team was was Pete Kaiser and Johan yeah. Cruyff was the second. 
before Renus Michaels took over at the uh, the the, uh, the helm of Ajax, they were an yeah. amateur football club, and he couldn't believe how some amateur football clubs that he'd been involved in were so much <laughs> so much better run than Ajax. He had to do a lot of hard work. He certainly did. He won one yeah. European Cup, and then he he went to Barcelona. He took uh, Johan with him uh, yeah. after the third um, triumph in the uh, European Cup, but they won three back-to-backs. I've done a podcast with Gary. Gary, mm. uh, one of the members of these Football Times, a great little yes. podcast and group of yeah. football journalists. So, uh, however you access your um, your football podcasts, if you yeah. go on to whatever network or feed that you use, type into the search engine, either SRB Media or... Gary Thacker or Dutch Masters, and I'm sure that our podcast will come up. A thoroughly yeah, enjoyable hour with Gary, a font of knowledge. I always call him one of my educators, and he's a good lad. Yeah. A Chelsea fan to right. boot as well. Can I just interject? You, you okay there? Great, great uh, writer, isn't he? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You were just going away a little bit then. Uh, have you got your Wi-Fi oh. on? Uh, no, I'm, I've not moved. I've not oh, moved, okay. so yeah. I've just got my phone on, so hopefully it's... you got me back? Yep, yeah, you're, uh, you're yeah. loud and clear. The first point Good that stuff. I, I want to mention is um, Gallus. I hope that's yeah. the way you pronounce it. In, uh, <laughs> Scotland, England in the 1967 World Cup final by Michael McEwen. And a couple of years ago, I caught up with... Uh, Jimmy Mack, Jim McCallyog, and yeah. um, and Jim was telling me what it was like to play in that game, what it was like to score on his debut wow. in that game, and uh, some of the background to that game as well. So we're just going to indulge a couple of minutes, well, it's probably about 15 minutes, if I'm absolutely honest, in Jim just talking about that wonderful game and the book Gallus. Well, that was absolutely fantastic, as Brilliant. always, Mr. McCalliog. Uh, Bobby Brown, come on, boys, come mm. on, best of luck, boys, best <laughs> of luck. Jim Baxter really took the reins that day. And, yeah. and as, as I said to Jim, had the World Cup been played in Scotland and at Amden Park, yeah. Scot- Scotland may well have ran out winners of the mm. World Cup in 1966, the, the year mm. previous. Because I think that yeah. Scotland were England's equal. They had some fantastic mm. players in that team, didn't they? And that book's oh, wow, going to yeah. tell us the story of, I'm guessing, not just that game, but what Scotland were like in the 60s. Magnificent. Yeah, and what an iconic match as well, isn't it? It's one mm. of the, the, the most famous, obviously, Scott Woolen in the end, didn't they? 3-2. So, yeah, they did, uh, yeah. uh, Jack Charlton was injured early, didn't they? So, yeah, they did, I think yeah. scored one of England's goals. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'd obviously remember seeing the footage of the fans pouring onto the pitch, but it was very much in a good uh, good manner, wasn't it? Not only the probably the later ones when it was um, a bit tasty. Say uh, it was all in good manner when the uh, yeah the Scots fell onto the pitch at Wembley. Yeah, in '67. So they they didn't take yeah. our goalposts in '67. No, ten years the ten years later they did. <laughs> yeah, they came back for us. Yeah. That's it. No, great ball and. Uh, Great author as well. He wrote um, um, Michael McEwen, the author of that book. He wrote the ghosts of uh, 
Kafkin Park. Uh, some listeners might know about it. It's a, a really famous old ground that's no longer... Well, it, it's still there, actually. The, the, um, but it's all overgrown right near uh, Hampden Park. But, uh, yeah, he wrote Goats of uh, Kafkin Park. It was one of our picks of 2021. Um, great author and a great story. And, yeah, I think he'll touch on not just, obviously, the game, but, yeah, how... Um, well, he actually puts, I see in the summary, it says there's two kinds of people in this world. Those who says the football... It's just a game, and then then there's those who know better. Yeah. And he says, then take April 1967, the clash between England and Scotland, for example. So, uh, yeah, a great read. Absolutely. Looking forward to that one. And what I like with these books is it's not just like, for instance, with that game. Mm. If you're going to write, I don't know, 300, 500 pages maybe on just one game, you're going to yeah. uh, you're going to have really really big letters in your words, aren't you? And I like yeah. the way they go back and they talk about, you know, what it was like during those times and the build-up and the game and the aftermath, etc. and what have you. So, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting hold of a copy of, yeah. uh, of that book, Gallus, uh, Scotland, England, and the 1967 World Cup Final by Michael McEwen. Excellent, excellent. Fabulous. I'll go back to uh, one of yeah. um, the feature articles. So I'm going in no particular order, as I normally do anyway. So, uh, but I'll, um, well, again, uh, there's a bit of a theme here with pitch publishing. This is a um, book that came out a couple of months ago, Fear and Loathing at Goodison Park. Uh, I'm not sure if we did mention it on our last podcast, but it's um, a book about Everton Football Club under David Moyes, um, written by uh, Lou Reed Foster. Uh, and it basically it talks about well when David Moyes was appointed the Everton manager midway through the twenty sorry two thousand one two season and it just when Wayne Rooney came on to the you know um, yeah did yeah the football planet yeah. really and you know his meteorotic rise from a schoolboy to obviously then moving on to his controversial sale to Man United didn't he so uh, uh, but it's about that and it's obviously linking about Goodison when you think of uh, well Goodison's not got long left has it when they moved no, to their new home at Bramley Moor Dock. That 50,000 stadium. I think it's late next year, 2024, when they move there. Um, but um, yeah, so um, really good book. Obviously, for Evertonians, I must read. Uh, and yeah, obviously, linking it to Goodison Park. And what I will actually link is just a, there's a book that came out last year, Goodison Memories. Yes, it on a previous pod. Yeah, it was mm. Steve Austin's Ocho. So released last year, which celebrates that legendary stadium. And um, I think I remember reading back some of the players have you know, played at. Uh, goodness, I think of Tommy Lawton, Alan Ball, Dixie Dean, Bob Latchford, Pele, Terry, Terry Radio, Terry, Terry Curran. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The list goes on, but what yeah. a famous stadium. But that's, uh, yeah, Fear and Loathing at Goodison Parks, another one of the feature articles that it did. And again, going um, back to 66, the World Cup, Goodison mm, was used as one of the venues yeah, uh, for, yeah. the, uh, for the tournament. And big run. Uh, one of his uncles had got a dairy up in Goodison, uh, just by Goodison Road, uh, Goodison Park, and uh, Big Ron spent a lot of that summer up there in Liverpool watching the uh, the, the World Cup final. So uh, wow. yeah, there's there's a link to uh, Nottingham Forest, your team, and 1967 yeah. and 66, and I'm guessing that. A Nottingham Forest book's going to get a mention on this podcast as well. It, it, it might do. I so, uh, might. is this a good time? Is this, is this a good time to link it in? Then let's go. Oh, with I, that I then, think so. it may well be. Yeah, good segue there. <laughs> well, it's uh, just come out very recently, and um, by a guy called uh, Warren Turner, 
uh, and it's called Got That Loving Feeling. So Forest fans will know what that that's the title of the book is uh, linked to a, a song that Forest fans sing. Whenever they score a goal, is you've lost that loving feeling. Uh, the song by oh, I forget who it is now. Rogers yeah, Brothers. That's it, cool it, Rogers Brothers. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's by, it may, uh, written by uh, Warren Turner. He was born in Nottingham, the author, uh, and it's from the roller coaster for 23 years. So, uh, which I certainly lived um, as a Forest fan, and uh, going signed from 1996 uh, under Frank Clark when you know, just a year that same year we Forest were playing in the quarterfinals of the UEFA Cup, losing to Bayern Munich. Uh, and then, well, quickly it all went off. Uh, David Platt and then uh, Joe Kinnear. Well, the season was the 2004-2005. Joe Kinnear then Gary, Gary Megson led us to the League One. And it was just down here. And it was just awful for mm. yeah, for so long. And then uh, in stepped in Steve Cooper. And as they, they say, it's um, the rest is history when he moved in... Um, well, eight games into the season, bottom of the table, and it was just incredible. I'm just still living the dream, really now, really. So uh, I'll be doing a QA actually with Warren Turner, um, and I'll be sharing that on the website. At where some point as where well. were you? You yeah. can't you can't just leave that. Where are you ah. going to be doing the Q and A, Andy? Uh, well, no, it'll be uh, just over on the overline online. Okay. So uh, not uh, not in person, no, nothing like that. So I'm just going to do. Um, well, unless we uh, decide to do it, we haven't actually done it as of yet. So um, uh, my thought is just, uh, you know, I'm going to send in a few questions mm-hmm. and answers. But um, there's not a plan as of yet, or I'm not really planning to do I've never done like a, a live p and or podcast like you do. But um, I'll leave that to the professionals like yourself. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm looking, yeah, that's the plan to do one of that. So, uh, and to share what's in the book and, yeah. Share some stories, really. I think that would be. Um... Hold on, Andy. It's, it's not Father Christmas. What do you want, young man? <laughs> uh, hold on. There we go. It's almost like Christmas. Next door. There you go, son. All right. There you go, Andy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bit like Malcolm McDonald when we done that over Christmas and his door went. It was a parcel. <laughs> but it's it's mid August and it's next door's parcel. But there you go. Wow, uh, excellent. Yeah, but I, I think that'd be a good shout because yeah. you know there's a lot of there's a lot of love. I mean, you might have lost that loving feeling, but there's a lot of love for Stevie <laughs> Cooper. And I think oh, that yeah. if you if you done a book launch. Um, close to the city ground. Yeah. Another song, Mulligan Tire. Um, yeah. What? I mean, when the Forest fans sing that before kickoff, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it 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 makes the hairs on my arms and body <laughs> stand up. I think they're absolutely fantastic. So I think it'd be a great shout. Not only doing a Q and A online, mm. but a Q and A mm. in a bar in a pub by the city ground. And, um, and maybe yeah. maybe have a, a couple of uh, older players that that wow. are there that day. Yeah, know? potentially. Well, we could uh, we could probably catch up about that if you've got some ideas. But uh, no, I'd, 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 you know, it'd be great. So uh, some of the stories of those twenty three years and um, doing it somewhere near sitting down would be yeah, it'd be brilliant. So, uh, but yeah, I talk about the atmosphere. You know, it's just I don't know it's. 
You always think, like, am, I, am I being um, uh, biased? No, you're fan, not. It's brilliant. City ground is... And ever since uh, Cooper came in, and I've never known any better, certainly in the last 23 years and longer. Mm. And you, you, you can often hear, like, the Gary Bertels, who he's done some Forest podcasts, and he'd say, I've never known the atmosphere... I never knew the atmosphere that good back in the 70s and 80s when we were champions of Europe. The atmosphere is just uh, incredible at the moment. So, uh, And that's all down to uh, you know, that one man, Steve Cooper. So... Uh, he could do anything. He could walk into any pub and he'd never have to buy a drink. So, um, well, he could walk in. If he walked in now to my house, it, you know, I'd give him anything he wants, really. Yeah. <laughs> within I, reason. I, I think yeah, within reason. Um, <laughs> they're, 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 I mean, when you look at managers that have come yeah. into football clubs in recent times, yeah, you know, he, he's got to be up there as one of the great mix and matches of, yeah. of of English football, you know, to look at where he was and, and Terry mm. Curran, Terry identified Steve many, well, a few years ago because he, he watched him when he was uh, coach of Liverpool's under 18. Yeah. yeah. And then he went to manage England, the uh, one of the young England teams and then yeah. uh, Swansea and Terry was talking up Steve Cooper for a long time and I yeah. think that'd be great to... Uh, to involve Terry, if you could get Steve there as well, I think it would be a great Amazing. night. Steve Cooper, Terry Curran, Andy, and uh, and the fellow that wrote the book as well. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see. let's see. Steve uh, Cooper's brilliant and things like that. You know, there's a. I don't know if you remember, there was a tragedy um, in Nottingham a few months back. Where sadly, yes, it was one of the um, yes, Forest fans were killed as well. Yeah. And uh, there was a story was shared. I think pretty reflective. It was today or yesterday where it was talked about the family were invited to the training ground, and Steve Cooper spent, he spent over an hour sitting talking to him, you know. And bloke, just, uh, yeah, it's just a proper down-to-earth, mm. and uh, he's very much, he understands the community, you know, and uh, I think Forrest, Forrest is just very lucky. He could have gone anywhere, but Forrest is very lucky that he chose, uh, he chose a club that were really on his knees at the time when he came in. And, um, yeah, as I say, the rest is a, a wonderful history, and hopefully it continues. So, so watch this space yeah. for the Q&A, a live yeah. Q&A at a bar in Nottingham mm. with Steve Cooper and uh, and the boys. <laughs> I think I think that would be absolutely fantastic. So yeah, we'll uh, what we space. what we got what we got next, mate? Uh, next, um, going back. So going back to one of the feature articles I did um, was the when Dave went up. It's the inside story of Wimbledon's uh, 1988 FA Cup uh, win, uh, that famous one against uh, Liverpool. Yeah, um, when a small one. team, okay, 88 it was. 88 was 80, it. Yeah, 87 was uh, Coventry, wasn't it? The diving header, Keith Archer. Year was. after, um, yeah. Mm. Uh, when Dave went up, it's by Gary Jordan. Um, Gary Jordan's another kind of prolific author as well. He's written a number of books on um, Wimbledon. He's actually yeah, the editor of the club's uh, match day programme oh, as right. well. Uh, yeah, the, I, the, I, the, I've got to say, I don't <laughs> like Wimbledon. I've never liked Wimbledon. And I never <laughs> well, will well, like Wimbledon. Out of, out of yeah. all the 92 clubs, they're probably the only team <laughs> I dislike. Yeah, yeah, they had a certain style, didn't they? So uh, no, no, they uh, had characters. they had no style. They were a load of thugs <laughs> yeah. in football shirts. I just yeah. don't, I just don't like them. But <laughs> but respect and all the best to um, yeah. to the author and to to everybody oh, at Wimbledon. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not a fan. But, but there you go. I don't need to be a fan. 
there are lots of fans <laughs> that are going to buy this book, so good luck to them all. Interestingly, one of the um, uh, bullet points when you see uh, books, when, they, when, the cent- uh, when you get a, a press release, one of the bullet points says there's details of the battle at St. James's Park. So uh, I think it just says it a little bit there. But uh, not all the games were uh, pleasing on the eye, uh, let's say. When it evolved, well, Brian, um... Brian Little, when he was manager <laughs> of Aston Villa, said, yeah. if we can actually keep the ball on the pitch, we'll beat them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that just about summed up Wimbledon. <laughs> That's a great quote, yeah, mm. excellent. Uh, and the next one then, uh, released, um, uh, this was released uh, back on the 12th of June, my birthday of all dates, so it's not to be a good book. Um, it's called Ernie um, by Stephen Poxon. Uh, it's basically a heartfelt recollections of a football legend called Ernie Moss. Yeah, uh, and these are, I love these books where there's names that you don't really know of. Mm. Uh, I, I wasn't really familiar. I don't know about you, Paul, but it was a Chesterfield. Yeah, that's mm. it. So he's a lower league football hero, yeah. and he was a, a local boy that made yeah, he became good, becoming a Chesterfield yeah, goal scoring legend. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah, so it's a story of his skill and success, and also heartbreak and you know f- football and family because he, he sadly passed away in uh, 2021. But what was really interesting, he, he made a total of um, 749 league appearances, which puts him in the top 25 of all-time uh, football appearances, which is incredible. Was, so, uh, was that all for yeah. Chesterfield? Uh, oh, good question. It might, it might be. I'm not sure, actually. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'd have to check that. So, uh, Terry, Terry, Payne, Terry Payne played in a unbelievable amount of games didn't he for Southampton mm. I think I think Terry played over 700 games I mean the, the top one is Steve Perryman I think what did Steve do about 900 games no, for Tottenham he just I think he's just been beaten I mean he's beaten just by I don't know if you can I'll let you have another guess he's a goalkeeper for one club no no not for one club no 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 sorry I mean Overall appearances. Oh, sorry, God, sorry. yeah. No, I'm on about with, with Steve. He, he, we won't go, oh, you know, Steve Perriman, yeah. yeah. Right and there. the same with Terry Payne, just for Southampton, just for Tottenham. Um, uh, I get you. Yeah. I, I would, would um, the fella at uh, Wrexham that's just come back, how many games have no, played? N- no, uh, it's, well, number one is Pete Shilton, is apparently. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Over a thousand appearances. 30, across 32 seasons and he played with eight separate clubs. Oh, I so thought you meant a one. recent one then when you were saying that. No, 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 no. What, The most recent one in the top 25 is a guy called uh, Dean Lewington. He's a defender actually with Milton Keynes Dons. Oh, he's right. The son of, uh, he's the son of the um, right. former assistant manager, Ray Lewington. Right, yeah, yeah right. I mean, he's, is he first team coach at Palace, I think, at the moment, isn't he? I, think. I mean, Ray, Ray has been, been in everywhere, yeah. hasn't he? Uh, I mean, Alan. Alan talks well of of Ray Lewington, and um, mm. yeah, he, yeah. When when there was at Butch Wilkins's funeral, and that they were um, reminiscing and talking, and uh, Loftus Cheek, I, th- I think he was at Chelsea at the time. He must have been, because said this this kid Al, he's uh, he's a good, and I think a lot of a lot about him. Um, yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Clearly not that much because I sold him, but you know. <laughs> Twelve months is a long time in a Premiership club like Chelsea, but, okay. uh, yeah. but yeah, Ray Lewington yeah. played for Chelsea, and he's he's, yeah. he's been on that coaching um, merry-go-round, if you like, around yeah. the London clubs for years and years. So uh, yeah. yeah, great, great, uh, 
the great great Ray Stoke. Lewington. So his uh, his boy got how, how many appearances for MK? Yeah, so D, his boy uh, Dean Lewington. He's the only one that's currently playing now uh, in the top twenty-five, you know, right. of all time football league appearances. So and he's mm. a defender with the Milton Keynes Dons. So uh, and if I'm correct, he I think again he's. Uh, only other club has been. I think it was originally when it was the original, you know, Wimbledon before it was uh, oh, yeah. obviously became Milton Keynes mm-hmm. Dons, and uh, the less said about that, the better. Absolutely. So uh, I think he's a he's a one man. So, uh, but other ones that in the top twenty five, there's loads of goalkeepers because I was fascinated just to see you got is David Derek, James. Is Derek Parkin in there for Wolverhampton Wanderers? Oh, I'd have to have a look. Let me. I'll come back to you. I'll look he, he he holds a record for Wolves. Um, and yeah. and I think Big Ron played a lot of games for Oxford United as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's something we'll cover off for the next time. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I've just got a list of goalkeepers: There's David James, David Bessant, who we just talked about, Ray mm-hmm. Clements, Pat Jennings, uh, and uh, Tommy Hutchinson, whose book came out oh, not that long ago. Yeah. Again, yeah, so spent an hour <laughs> with Tommy. Uh, yeah. Not face to face, but we did it on uh, down down the wire. Uh, yeah. The podcast, the uh, legends of the seventies. Again, yeah. access the podcast. How you like to access your podcast? Mm. But um, a phenomenal player, tremendous yeah. man, and uh, some lovely stories as well. Yeah. Uh, Tom yeah. Richardson, one of one of one of the greats of the game. Uh, never, Absolutely. Never played the game of football while he was at school, you know. Did he not? Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I know. I said that. Wow. You're joking. I said, no, wow. never played it while I was at school. <laughs> and you're thinking, how can you be that good, like, from leaving school? Crunk, yeah. I know. Yeah. Incredible. But, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, great, no. the great Tommy Hutchinson played over a thousand games. Yeah, no, obviously most of it. Coventry, wasn't it? So uh, He played a lot, lot at Cov, Manchester yeah. City, Blackpool, of yeah. course, as well. Yeah. yeah. Swansea. Swansea, yeah. 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 Played in Europe well. at Swansea. Yeah, excellent. But then, mm. to go back to it, but Ernie, yeah, that's the book by Steve Fox. So I love these kind of stories. Again, uh, yeah. someone you want to know of and uh, mm. just celebrates. Chesterfield fans will obviously know him. So, uh, but that's, um, yeah, Stephen Moss. Um, so bringing it um, another one, uh, a feature did um, another book I was sent as well. So like um, we talked about earlier about the author patron, but he sent me his book um, in his volume two, They Played for David Pleat at Fluton Town. So he's done two books. He's done um, Phil Duffy, the author is. Uh, he's done volume one and a volume two, and a huge book. I've got it in front of me here. And it's interviews of all the players during that time. So it covers the period from 1978 to uh, 1986. So Bob Hatton to Steve Foster. Interview uh, every player? No, I'm not sure every player, but quite a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. A hell of a lot of them. So uh, it's covered time. in here. Yeah, it's, a, it's one hell of a book. It's fantastic, really well written. Yeah. It's a, it's right old chunk of a book. So uh, and it's quite timely as well with Luton Town, you know, getting the Premier League as well, isn't it? So uh, you know they're they're um, yeah they're in a bit of a limelight at the moment, even though they still can't play Kenilworth Road. No, the game's <laughs> so, called off, isn't it? The weekend. Yeah, this weekend. Yeah, but yeah. again, it's it's the modern <laughs> game, isn't it? Kenilworth Road yeah. was was well good enough in the 70s oh, well, yeah. to, to uh, yeah. play first division games and this is what I don't like about the modern game yeah but Great. you know it is it is but what you it know, is 
But the ground improvements, you know, that's what it is. And it's to meet the broadcast media requirements. It's costing them £10 million. Pounds, yeah, it's crazy. That's uh, what I gather. And it's just, it's just bonkers. So, uh, but um, with plenty of away fans, Premier League will have a bit of a shock when they go through that away and through the houses. Oh, God, to, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> again, there's no other ground like Kenilworth Road. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You've got to feel a bit yeah. sorry for the people that actually live there and sit in yeah. there in the back garden having a quiet you know, drink and the family have come round and then, yeah. I don't know, Chelsea turn up. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. But, yeah. Where they're going to park, for starters. Yeah, good luck um... with that. But, yeah, happy days. <laughs> Excellent. Well, right. Next one. I'll keep going to you, jump in. Yep, um, you crack on. Paul, I've got Golden Generations by Michael uh, Galway. Uh, and this um, is a story of a 2006 uh, FIFA Men's World Cup, which I actually went to. So I went to that really? World Cup. Germany, in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, went, I spent a few days in Berlin. I think it was Berlin. I can't really remember much of it, but it was How great. How did uh, you have to drink? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember no, what, you can't remember what remember. city you were in. <laughs> I mean, I've heard, I've heard yeah. of a few people that can't remember what bar that they were in, <laughs> but they remembered the city. <laughs> Just a bar. No, and it was yeah. the hospitality. The, the, I always remember the people, the Germans there. Wonderful people, so yeah. friendly. It was incredible. They could have could have done enough for you. I didn't smoke. I remember one of my friends smoked, and uh, he'd run out of cigarettes. And I remember the barman saying, "Don't." And he was about to go and leave the pub to go to find you know a shop to get some cigarettes. He says, "Don't you leave? I'll go and get them for you." The barman left the pub, went and got him cigarettes, brought him back. So I don't think he wanted to lose his money as well, kind of thing. You know, from the he was paying, but no, great, great World Cup 2006, just in the personal memories. And it will always be remembered, obviously, that final when Zidane's are down. Yeah. You know, that, uh, yeah, that, that mad moments, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the headbutt, it's extraordinary, really, when you look back. You know, and, the, and the, I still think of the image now, it's in the book, when he walks past, you know, the World Cup, you know, and he exits the football stage, didn't he? And, uh, yeah. Because he almost signaled, he dragged them, you know, to the final. And then, uh, yeah, it was obviously Italy that went on to win it. I mean, what a player! He, what a player he was, wow. easy. Yeah, got got turned Absolutely. got turned down famously by Kevin Keegan at Newcastle. Did he? Yeah. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Silk, Silk had um, one of Silk's players. So he phoned up Kevin Keegan. He says, "Kev, I've got the ideal player for you." He just he was at Bordeaux. He was just leaving Bordeaux, and um, and. Silk had gone and watched him and he said the best player that he he was just incredible. <laughs> what a player. Yeah. So he phoned up Kevin and he says, Kev, you've got to get your you know, sign him. You've got to sign him. So yeah. he um he said, Leave it leave it with me, Silk. So he <laughs> then left it for a week, maybe two weeks. And Silk phoned him up, he said, Kev, um you know, uh Zinedine Zidane, what do you he said he says, Silk, we've sent our team to have a look at him and the report that come back was he wasn't good enough to play for Wolverhampton Wanderers who were at the mo- <laughs> at that time bottom of the championship and, wow. and Barry Silkman said you are having me at it ain't you Kev you are <laughs> making the biggest mistake of your career and to be fair Kevin, Kevin Keegan did not see Zinedine Zidane play football but he sent uh, one of his staff to watch him and the report come back that he wasn't good enough to play for the bottom of the championship. 
and yeah, uh, yeah. I hope he's still not a scout. No, absolutely. I mean, great, a great story. Silky Tales, a great yeah. story. And it's on our uh, on our podcast as well, Maverick Tales. That. that tale of uh, Barry Silkman talking about it. And also as old Georgie Weyer. Georgie Weyer was, was touted yeah. to uh, all the Premier League teams and nobody wanted Georgie Weyer. That rings a bell. Yeah, yeah and, um, and, and Barry did say <laughs> he couldn't work out whether he was a better footballer or a cook. He was brilliant yeah. in the kitchen. But he went to <laughs> AC Milan, and within a few years, he was World Player of the Year. So, just shows Nowhere. you what our scouts know about football. But there you go. Oh, what, what that's, you why, that's why I love listening to your podcast, Paul. It's those stories that you'll never hear of. <laughs> so, um, and that's, uh, yeah, they're shared on platforms like yourselves. Um, the next one, uh, I'm just going to run through a few. So, we've got In, yeah. in Safe Hands. Uh, it's about Rangers goalkeeping greats. Um, the author is uh, the author is Alistair Aird, who's a pretty prolific author himself. He's wrote a load of books on, on his uh, Rangers FC. So uh, yeah, and it's a basically a story of the players who all kept goal for Rangers since its inception in 1872, and it's got a forward as well by the current uh, Rangers manager Michael Beale. So uh, it's, it also includes. Um, I do recall when when I was reading it, uh, it was quite a poignant tributes um, to the late uh, Andy Gorham. Uh, yeah, coming great goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, and, and character. Yeah, he was, absolutely. So, I don't yeah, like contribute. him, you know, that Bill. Yeah. No, I don't I know, like yeah. him. Something about yeah. him, he just gets up my nose. Yeah, he was at Liverpool as well, wasn't he, if I remember? Yes, clock, he was, yeah, he was, yeah, 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 yeah. But I did like Andy Gorham, I thought he was an absolute character yeah. of the game, so, uh, so yeah, yeah so yeah. fans. Excellent. Um, another one I mentioned that's recently just come out, so uh, as of Monday just gone, as we recall this, is When the Sky Was Blue, um, and this is the inside story of Coventry City's Premier League years, uh, written by a goal called uh, Rich Chamberlain, again out free pitch, and it celebrates Coventry City's nine season adventures in the Premier League, so um, from being... The founding members, when it says founding members, just to be clear, it talks about the Premier League, not the Football League. Um, uh, and, yeah, so it's quite... <laughs> I know, I know. It does so, uh, wind me up. You feel like you have to say that, just a bit of a clarity. When it say founding members, that means, well, it's not. It's Premier League. Uh, they start, they, they were one of the clubs that stole <laughs> yeah. and ripped out the heart of English football. Yeah. Said, don't don't come the founding member with me, pal. I don't. You know, you can write down what you like, and when you when you just identify nine seasons of Coventry City, when you look at all their great Coventry sides and games that they had, you know, in the seventies under the Jimmy or the Sky Blue Revolution. And, yeah. uh, and and all of that there, it's forgotten. It's and just highlighted in the we were yeah. founder members of the Premier League. Well, and in fairness to Rich, I should say he's a former freelance journalist. He's interviewed um, like the likes of Jimmy Hill, etc. Yeah. So uh, he's done he's done his bit as well. But yeah, mm. this book obviously focuses on on those years. I just go <laughs> straight past those books if I'm absolutely honest. <laughs> I tell you what I do love in that picture, in that book, there's a great um, a picture uh, from the sky of High, uh, Highfield Road. Yes. So you remember that ground? So what a, oh, I've been there. What a ground that was. Yeah. I've been on the yeah, pitch. I've a... been on the pitch there. Have you? Yeah. When right. Birmingham, when Birmingham Arthur scored a goal, 1982, <laughs> uh, last game of the season, 
And um, we took thousands there, and that was the first day I was ever on a football pitch. Mm, Excellent. Yeah. I mean, there was no trouble. I mean, well, not from me. There was quite a bit of trouble from others. But um, (laughs) I was just there celebrating Birmingham City staying up, as I did my first season, proper season going down there, 73-74 season. Um, when we beat Norwich we stayed up and I said to my dad what's going on they're, they're running around the pitch like we've won something <laughs> <laughs> nothing ever changes at Birmingham City what we got next, no, what no. We got next mate what they might do now with Tom Brady and Cohen oh, uh, don't even there. get me started <laughs> I hope they ain't paying him in cryptocurrency by the way <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on yeah. uh, and this is probably links quite a lot of that so this is, there's a book that came out called um, moments that could have changed football forever is what if. Ah, oh, got that. By, Snap. Yeah. Peter, so, Peter Thornton. Yeah, that's it. Two yeah. of them. There's two Peters. Peter Thornton and yes, Peter, and Peter Prickett. Uh, Prickett. Prickett, yeah. yep. That's the one. That's, a, that's the first snap that we've had excellent. in this podcast. How long have we been going on? Yeah. One minute. We're at half time, I 30, think. 45 30, minutes. 30, 30, oh. 34 minutes on my, uh, on my oh, 34, clock. Right. Okay. On my clock. So yeah, we've on oh, thir- thirty-four minutes. We've <laughs> we've had a snap. There we go. Excellent. But again, the podcast that I do with Alan, my life, my music, and we always talk about those if only moments. In fact, we did one yeah. of the podcasts that was called, you know, if only. And football yeah. is absolutely littered with those if only moments. So um, that's a book that that I'll mm. uh, I'll have a look at and uh, be very interesting. I look at. All of your books that you um, that you post up, and there's mm. some of the books that really catch my eye and get me juices flowing. And this is a book yeah. that really does it on every aspect of football for me. But to whet your appetite and those juices, because every yeah. uh, what if is around about 1,500 words he's done on. So I picked out three that I thought I'd share. So uh, yep. one of them is what if Jimmy Greaves had not been left out of the 1966 World Cup final. Um, interesting one. And then another one, what if United had sacked Sir Alex at the end of the 80s? Yeah, two great the one. Other, Famously, I think it was, um, I always remember Mark Robbins scoring in the FA Cup at yeah. City Ground, not in them. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much saved him. Uh, and I think this one, what if there's no VAR? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> wow. Again, again, (laughs) and I was critical of VAR this week, but I think what we Mm. have to balance up is there's nothing wrong with the technology. It's the idiots that use it (sighs) is the problem. Yes. That's the problem. The idiot. I mean, with that that, um, penalty that should have been a penalty to Wolves, how does the referee look at that and doesn't give a penalty? And then it goes to VAR, and you have two people that are referees that look at that and go, "I don't think it's a penalty. I think you should be sacked." I, I don't. Know. I, I, I can only think when they got back to that stick, they weren't looking at the screen. They must have been watching something else, like something on Netflix or something. Because yeah. they, they couldn't have seen it. Because it's just I don't know how you come to that judgment. I heard someone um, ring in on one of the the radio shows kind of thing and said it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been like a yellow card it's GBH yeah absolutely <laughs> took him out <laughs> just unbelievable just, just, just took him out yeah. and, and I heard yeah. Ten Hag saying well he got there a little bit <laughs> oh, later didn't appear and I'm thinking a bit late mate 
It's a penalty because he got there after he touched the ball. He wiped him out. I mean, yeah. sorry, and, and this is what annoys me. Just be and honest. Just be and honest. I know, and I know it. Exactly, and I know it's me when managers do that. It's when it's ten hours. I'd much prefer, and I think both, I think a Man U fan would say this, is I'd much prefer my manager to be absolutely bloggers. Yeah. I can't believe we got away with that. You know, it yeah. would just make, it would just, um, but the, the good thing is he got apology, didn't he, the, uh, the Wolves manager. Yeah, but that <laughs> don't do him any good, does later. it? He'd rather, oh, no, have, a, rather have a penalty. And, and where were they? They were having yeah. a, um, <laughs> it, uh, what's it called? A, a corporate. I think it's called yeah. a prawn yeah. sandwich brigade situation, <laughs> as Roy Keane would say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they shouldn't be anywhere near that. You're a referee, do your job. When you've done your job, bugger off. No one wants to talk to you. You're just yeah. a referee. But I winds me I know, up. I know. Yeah, it does you me the You've me up AR. a lot tonight, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll leave it with VAR there because I was going to say, it does, as a football fan that goes to the game as well, and I've experienced it in the Championship, knew that, no VAR, mm. and now experiencing in the Premier League. I tell you, there was a, there was a, a it sticks out, and I remember a lot of people around us when uh, Forrest scored a particular goal to make it 4-2 against Southampton. Yeah. And no one cheered. It was a strange yeah. experience because you just had this feeling. You thought it was one of these where it can't because you know it was such an important moment, and because of VAR, there was no there was no reason as to think it was going to be. But it definitely had that. It does take away that that what ultimately is the football about is that experience of cheering a goal, isn't it? So the uh, football club the that thing, has the worst decisions mm. with VAR is Aston Villa. Mm, if you yeah. look at, I mean, I'm a Birmingham City fan, but I go down Villa Park with yeah. with the boys if they've got a spare ticket, and um, yeah. I watch a game as a neutral. Yeah, of course, I want the Villa to win. They're a local team and all the rest of it. Yeah. But um, I have never seen decisions that mm. the, I, I, I look at it. And I think if that's a Villa, that's <laughs> def, that definitely isn't a goal. And I was watching the uh, the game against Newcastle. I thought Newcastle were superb, by the way. Oh, they were. But, the, they? but yeah, there were a really? couple. There were a couple of decisions, and I looked in. I thought he's offside, and yeah. they, and they give mm. the goal. And I thought, had that mm. been a Villa, that goal would have been disallowed. Hundred percent, it would have been disallowed. And I think some teams just mm. do get the bad decisions Agreed. all the time. And and I think that when you go up, like Forest have gone up. You know, you yeah. you come up against a Man United or an Arsenal, you're gonna get, you're not gonna get them decisions. And VAR yeah. was brought in to almost protect you from bad decisions, but you're just getting yeah. worse decisions than you would have had ordinarily. Yeah, I think the referees now they they're kind of um, what is it? They're, they're kind of uh, they're, they, they know they can't make the decision. I think it's made them worse yeah, referees because they can. They can. They know. And they must. It's a. It must be. If I was a referee, it must be in my back of my head as well. You're going to think the humans that. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not a leader because I know the cameras are showing. It's just what uh, they should do. What they yeah. should do is referee mm. the game to the best of mm. their ability. Exactly. Forget VAR. The VAR yeah. is a video assistant referee. So yeah. if if you and I are you're the referee and I'm sitting in Stockley Park. I go, Andy, I'm almost, well, I, I know I've just seen it. That That's definitely handball, mate. Go and have a look at that. Yeah. So you go, yeah. you have a look. Yeah, Paul, yeah, you're right, penalty. So 
yeah. things that you actually miss while you're officiating, that's what they're there to to assist you. But they're not. Yeah. They're re-refereeing it, and the referee, as a consequence, is letting things go and letting it go to VAR. So the referee actually is not refereeing the game. It's poor yeah. refereeing. <laughs> and if you're not, if you can't referee, sack them and get some in that can. I've got no yeah. time for them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, sorry, sorry for warning you up, Paul. And uh, yeah, if right. anyone's listening in. And they are sharing our conversation and linking it back to books. They all love a book uh, called uh, Is It Just Me or Is Modern Football Shit? Yes, basically. it is. Yeah, basically. Uh, by, it is, Jim, yeah. by Jim Keogh, uh, another great writer as well. That came out in 2021. And uh, yeah, you can trust me, VAR gets a mention in that particular book. <laughs> um, <laughs> one book, uh, bringing it back, they're bringing it back to the good old days, let's say. Um, a bit before our time, and um, well, I'm pretty sure, Paul, uh, your time as well. But yeah, Mr. Corinthian um, yes. by uh, Pa Jackson and the Casual Corinthians by Lou Walker. Uh, Lou Walker, another author, has um, written a number of books. Uh, but it's yeah, it's about the Mr. Corinthian, Nicholas Lane Pa, I think it's his nickname, Jackson, who was the founding father of the famous Corinthian Football Club. Um, that um, what a phenomenon, really, in the game's early years. Uh, a team of amateur gentlemen, they, they achieved victories over Take Cup winners, league champions. Uh, the players uh, comprised um, uh, the whole England national team as well at one stage. So, uh, but they went on overseas tours uh, and really took the, the game of football across the globe and it's had its impact uh, well, in so many parts. South America certainly was one of the areas. But, uh, but yeah, that's um, a book by Lou Walker. So, uh, but that's why you, Corinthians in Brazil... One. Are called mm, Corinthians, isn't it? Because they've yeah. got the name. But yeah, yeah, I think we mentioned this on a on a previous pod. Um, I might have. certainly have mm. mentioned it in Book Corner on the Current View because I'd, yeah. I'd looked at that, identified that, and that was a book that again, I like books with historical content. Going Absolutely. back, going back to Ernie Moss again. That's a book that you know, if I got time to read them, I'd I'd read that. <laughs> but um, you know. Because I think that when there's stories like that, I like to read those kind of stories. You know, when yeah. you have a, a modern-day game player yeah. like yeah. that's still playing in the modern game now, I, mm. I go, like, well, I wouldn't want to bother reading that. I can see what you're doing, mate. You, you're on your yeah. bloody television, screen yeah. every five minutes, because... It's gonna, it's gonna be a, a top player, isn't it? That they're gonna be writing a book about. I mean, my favourite yeah. player is Jack Grealish. There was a book that yeah. came out about Jack Grealish um, last year, I think. I'm not gonna give him a mention because I don't like yeah. the bloke. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't read it because Jack's Ooh. still playing. <laughs> you know, yeah. when you've finished I... your career, then I'd read about it. But, but not now while you're playing. You know, and it'll come as no Exactly, it'll come as no surprise. And a lot of people, if they've read autobiographies as much as I do, you, you can, I can think probably on the on one hand how many good books there is of when it was put, put uh, written by uh, featured footballers as they were still playing or yeah. or just finished. Actually, yeah. even even them are not. It's just not great. Just not great. Not, not got the the backstory. You know, after no. what they did, they finished football, the way their life carried on. So, uh, uh, just haven't got that. Depth or interest, to be quite frank. So, uh, um, so yeah. I and and well, I also so. think, Andy, the modern player is mm. just so pampered; it's beyond yeah. comprehension. Whereas, 
you know, you, I mean, I've done a, a podcast with Johnny Giles and I, I read John's, but I mean, yeah. his name ain't even Johnny. Yeah. It's like his name's Michael. Yeah. And, and they yeah. called him John while he was in England and then called him Johnny. <laughs> but his name's Michael Giles. So, you know, the story about him growing up in Ormond Square, and I'm, I'm reading it, and I'm, it's just fascinating. It's, it's yeah, a great absolutely. bit of reading, and, you know, these players, are, are just, uh, n- yeah. not, not for me, with the modern game, and generally speaking, the modern player. So I, I, um, yeah. I, I subscribe to that fella's, uh, the modern game is shite. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree, you. sir. Yeah. Well done. I hope you sell a lot of books. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think you're on his next next book that's coming up. So uh, this is coming out in October. So uh, I'll mention a couple of books that's coming up in the next ones because obviously yep. we'll, have, we'll have some podcasts. So October, by the way, is by far, in my experience, the busiest month of the year because uh, lots of books come out that period, and there's a reason for it actually. It's to catch that Christmas market coming up as well. So uh, it's coming up. And the one book that's coming out is Liam Brady. Oh, um, you joking? Footballer, yeah. So oh, uh, really, who's yeah, written that? It's his autobiography. It's his autobiography. Yeah, so, but who's uh, ghostwritten it? Do you know? Oh, I don't know actually. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at it. It's only recently I'm, I'm aware of it. So born, uh, born to be um, a footballer. Yeah, it's called Born to Be a Footballer. What so a when, player! And I don't know about you. Whenever I think of Liam Brady, oh, I always think back exactly. to that goal um, when uh, John Motson. I think. Look at that! Just look at that! Yeah. What a goal! And yeah. it's that he tackles on the edge of the area. Yeah, five nil against Birds. That's it. Yeah. 1978. What a goal that was. So, uh, but what a player. So, one of the all-time greats at Arsenal. But his career, he's went to Juventus. Then he won two Serie A's, mm. Serie A's. Uh, he also played for Sampdoria, Internazionale, Inter. Um, but yeah, quite a career. So that'll be a interesting book. And it says here, yeah, full of honest insights, uh, anecdotes, and recollections of extraordinary times. Um, on a com- compelling story of a 50-year career. That's uh, unparalleled in Irish sports. So it's, uh, it's being published by an Irish um, publisher. So, uh, um, but I'm not familiar of. So, because uh, so he, sure he done a lot, he done a lot on RTE, didn't he, Liam? He did, with, yeah, with Johnny Giles yeah. as well. I think he still does. Yeah. And who was the other? Who was the other fella? Oh. Oh, you mean ain't, um Yes, him. Aiden. No, him. Yeah, yeah. His yeah, name. Yeah, his, his name yeah, will come Really controversial. Um. Yeah. It's one of my favourite books as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, it'll, it'll come, come back it'll to me. Yeah. But Alan Hudson, yeah. that that was one of the if onlys. Yeah. If only um, Terry Neal would have kept Alan Ball within that Arsenal team instead of sold Alan Ball yeah. and had Hudson to, to replace him, you would have had a midfield trio of Chippy, Uddy yeah. and Borley. For me... That would have been the greatest midfield trio in English yeah. football ever, ever. Yeah, I mean, then, phenomenal. And Al was saying how brilliant Chippy was. He got this supreme confidence about him. He said, "There's few players that got Osgood have got it." Uh, yeah. Alan said, I, "I developed it when I was at Stoke, but I didn't have it at Chelsea. Osgood yeah. had it, and Brady had it. I mean, Brady yeah. was, and that left foot. Kenny Burns always used to say he could open a, open a can of peas." Yeah, could open a tin of peas with that left foot brain. Eamon Dumpf is his name. Eamon I mean, Dumpf. Yeah, so that's... only a game. It's one of my top top twenty actually. Favorite all time books. I can't believe I forgot his name. So yeah, uh, Eamon Dumpf. Yeah, Eamon Dumpf. Controversial, like you say. Yeah, on, 
on the list. On the RTE. Eamon, Chippy, and, uh, yeah. and Johnny Giles as well, RTE. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and you say that's coming out in October. It is, yeah, that's October, that is. So we've got a couple of months, yeah, yeah. Um, to look forward to that one. But um, yeah, I'm sure that's that a book. Big fan, big yeah. fan of Liam Brady. What a player. Excellent. Um, bring it back to books that uh, recently come out. Um, there's one that's called uh, Pretty Polly. Okay. Uh, one of the best-looking covers I've seen in a long time. And, is that um, a parrot? It's not, not quite, no, no, but uh, very colourful like a parrot. Um, it's uh, about football kits. And okay. uh, as you, you have a look on Twitter, any kind of social media, but uh, football kits are so popular. But Pretty Polly, you know what? I don't get football them. shirt. Uh, I don't get it. No, I don't. I'm not, I'm I don't not get one it. of them. It's like football <laughs> shirts and carry on next. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but this is the history. I love the front cover, though, so you'll mm. recognise some of the shirts. But uh, it's the, it tells the fascinating story of football shirts, charting its uh, dramatic evolution over 150 years, and it definitely has changed incredible, isn't it? Yeah, God almighty. It's a different kit. Well, it's about three or four kits. When they do the, like, Forest did um, launch their kit at the start of the season, we, not just one kit, you launch three kits. Mm. You know, it's just incredible. So one of them, I think you'll wear probably for about one game in the whole season. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, Pretty Polly by Pitch again, written by Alex Ireland. So, um, and uh, yeah, it talks about from the modest beginnings to a product that it's the centre of a billion dollar industry, and it is. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, so, uh, made out of Velcro, the aren't they? Because they're an absolute yeah. rip off. Wow, <laughs> good line, good line. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Uh, and then um, one of the books that recently come out was um, by a guy called Dave Thomas, a uh, prolific writer about Burnley FC, and this is Burnley okay. FC Champions again. Mm-hmm. And it's about last season's... I'm amazed how he managed to write these books so quickly because he's wrote a book about last season, uh, you know, which literally not that long ago it finished. He's probably got it most of his stuff already yeah. done on a spreadsheet yeah. and then yeah. brought out... Because he's, he's probably been doing it and thought, well, oh, I could carry on with this and, and I've got yeah. another book here. So that's probably <laughs> how he does it, yeah. But he's written, uh, it says in his, um, a bit about the author, 26 books he's written, mm. uh, which is incredible, isn't it? I haven't written 26 who'd words. Who did you say wrote it? What was his name again? <laughs> Dave Thomas. Oh, he's yeah, the Dave. former headmaster. Yeah, well, Dave yeah. Thomas. Yeah, so uh, he wrote uh, one of the best, a really good book on Bob Lord. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. You'll probably remember that. So uh, he was the self-made butcher who ruled the club at Burnley from, well, I think it's from the 50s to mm. 1981, something like that. So there's a figure. there's a great story that Paul Fletcher tells on the podcast that I've done with Paul when he met mm. Bob Lord, and uh, it's it's a cracker. So if you go on to the SRB Media, uh, yeah. or rather Patreon, it's all the uh, W's dot Patreon dot com forward slash SRB Media. Go on to our Legends of the Seventies, and all the stories are on there. And in Paul Fletcher's podcast, mm. he talks about Bob Lord. Uh, it's a cracking story but yeah Dave yeah. Dave's written a load of Burnley books uh, yeah. you know he's an absolute pinnacle of of knowledge yes. a font of knowledge um, yeah. of Burnley Football Club and yeah, I used to he used to follow me then for some reason he decided not to <laughs> yeah they used to visit a historic club in the Burnley yeah. um, they're I, one I of must, the founder members I must have of the Football him. League I must have pissed him off <laughs> <laughs> he stopped following <laughs> 
Hopefully he's listening and he realises it's... Uh, well, yeah. I don't know. He's changed his mind. But he, but he does <laughs> He does write some great books. So whether people follow me or decide not to, yeah. he does write yeah. some great books. <laughs> Is there a book on Burnley 1960 when they won the league, when they were champions then? Because that'd be a great read. I'm not too enamoured yeah. with the modern stuff, but they done yeah. that. And then in 19... Was it 1931 when they went... 29 well, games unbeaten, well, 30 games unbeaten, 29 games, the, 29 games a, unbeaten. Yeah, the no. book that definitely brings to mind, he's another uh, prolific Burnley writer by Tim Quelch, it was called Never Had It So Good, it was okay. about Burnley's incredible 1959-60 league title. Yeah, that, that's the one. I think then. that may be yeah. the one you're thinking about, yeah, yeah it was be, a remarkable yeah. feat, wasn't yeah. it? Um, the Tim, smallest club ever to win the title. Tim think. Quelch, was he the fella that wrote that book? Um... About the '59 season, going into the '60s, with Jimmy Hill on the front. Um, I'm sure, that was Tim Quelch. I forget sure. the name. I forget the name. Oh, of the do book. you mean? Oh, yes, yeah, the end of innocence. Arnold that's the name. one. Yeah. The end of innocence. Yeah, yeah. the watershed season. That's, that's it, yeah. the one. That was Tim Quelch, yeah. wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remembered. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they were based on the same season, wasn't it? Yeah, with Jimmy Hill on the front. Yeah. Cracking front cover, actually. I yeah, he's a one. brilliant, brilliant cover. But again, Pitch, yeah. Pitch do some brilliant front covers, don't they? They do. They Run, do. What have we yeah, got next, mate? Excellent. Uh, next up, I've got, um, going back to one that was um, recently released, uh, A Sprinkle of Magic about the non-league clubs snap. Uh, in the FA Cup. Snap. Yeah, oh, snap. brilliant. Well, there we go. <laughs> snap. Second one. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. yeah, so uh, I love just love the FA Cup, and this is written by a guy called Aaron Moore. Yeah, yeah it's focused on the non-league clubs. Uh, it's written just to be clear, if anyone's looking at it, it's written uh, about the clubs since 2009. So uh, I could probably understand it? it actually. Yeah, because mm. it's probably I not not Mark Wright. Not not Ah, oh, right. Not the same book you're thinking of. No, it is. But why do you, oh, do, it is, do, but... it? Why'd you do it from just well, 2009 onwards? I know. I can only think he might be doing another one. He might do another stage kind of thing. So, uh, well, I mean, I did, I... I, but you're similar to me. I did think. I thought when I saw it, it was like, oh, yeah. done it. I thought it might have gone a bit further back, man. I was going to talk so, about uh, the uh, Leatherhead Lip. Hereford. Uh, well, Hereford, yeah. yeah well, I mean, Hereford, sorry. The, the, yeah. the, the Leatherhead Lip. Uh, Kelly, when yeah. he scored a, a brace at Filbert Street, didn't he? Mm, you know, and yeah. then you've got Dickie Guy, who's probably yeah. probably my favourite Wimbledon player, but I don't like Wimbledon, but he made that. Yeah. Didn't he save a piece of Lorimer penalty in 1974? And then, yeah. like, of course, Altrincham that knocked out Birmingham City. Robert Hopkins scored an own goal. In fact, they had a, a reunion a few years ago, and they invited Oppie to it. <laughs> Mm, yeah. David but, Seaman was the goalkeeper that day for Birmingham. <laughs> Up he said he's never going to make wow. it, that lad. <laughs> yeah, so I like the 70s and then the 60s. Yeah. Colchester knocking out Leeds United in 1971. Yeah, Ray Crawford. Yeah. So many brilliant non-league. And, and that's what yeah. I thought the book would be about, so... No, it's the more recent yeah, ones. It's uh, no. you've got Stourbridge, Hendon, you've got Lincoln City. So uh, yeah. it's uh, it's either going to um, if he's listening, Aaron, that's your next one. Do it further back as well, or someone else thinks of that. <laughs> yeah, write so, that uh, one and we'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's yeah, that's another one that's come out through pitch. So, uh, um, but either way, I love the FA Cup. So uh, I love yeah. those stories as well. I go to watch some of it. A couple of years back now, I went to watch. Um, 
Uh, was it last year, actually? My town, where I'm originally from, and a village nearby called Col- Colville Town, they got to the okay, yeah. first round. So mm-hmm. when they played, uh, God, I forget. It's Charlton. Following they have, Charlton. Play, yeah. Playing black and white, don't they, Colville? That's it, yeah, the Ravens. That's They're it. mad. So, uh, They're crackers. They are mad, yeah. aren't they? I I was in a village outside of Colville, I'll just make clear. I'm not quite from Colville. <laughs> nothing wrong with Colville, by the way. And I was listening in and they recognise who I am, so uh, they nothing took, wrong with Colville. <laughs> they took hundreds. I used to do a more oh, show, a more well, show and then they, they come to Solil and I thought, yeah. blimey, these fans are men- they're mental. Passionate. And, and they're all black and white and ravens and that. And I thought, great fans, yeah. mad as yeah. March airs. But I know a lot of them by person, so uh, <laughs> great people, great yeah. characters and yeah. real characters, and uh, you get that uh, in and the non And would it have been a mining, yeah. a mining village back in oh, the massively. day, Cole, yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Very famous. It had a, uh, a horrible disaster, I remember, back in the 20th century, uh, oh, 1900s, right. so, uh, um, where it's now a Morrison supermarket, where oh, it right. used to be. So, yeah, very, very much um, a mining area. I had mm. the... Colville, really. I, I'm assuming yeah. that's where it comes from. I might yeah. be completely wrong. You're but probably right, yeah. I'm assuming that's where it comes from. Mm. So, yeah, that's Speaking of Magic. Um, a couple of us, I mentioned past releases. So, there was um, uh, a book that came out called um, No Foreign Game um, by James Quinn. And this is about association football and the making of Irish identities. So, this book takes a unique window in the history of... I, I love the history as well, yeah, uh, myself, do. and football. And this is about the earliest days of association football uh, from the 1880s in, in, in Ireland. Uh, and it links in with the history of Ireland and Britain and, uh, you know, and, in, and a keen insight into the making of national, regional, you know, sort of sectarian class, gender identities and, you know, crystallised around Irish Irish football. And, um, and it, but it weaves in between sort of that political, social, cultural, cultural and sport and history, really. So, um, but yeah, it tells a story, not just a division of conflict, but also solidarity and celebration. So, uh, but yeah, really, uh, Martin O'Neill's on the front cover uh, of the book and, uh, yeah, written by James Quinn. So, uh, uh, look, book I will be reading it. I'm always fascinated with history, as I say, and uh, I'm a little bit of an Irish background as well. I'll be, uh, yeah, interested to read that one. And, of course, the Irish, the Irish teams used to be involved in, mm. the, uh, in the FA Cup. Many years mm. ago, English, Irish, yeah. Scottish, and Welsh clubs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, uh, just come out, and one other I mentioned that's come out recently, and I'll come on to some of the more that's coming out uh, soon. Uh, is um, uh, United um, with Dad, and uh, it's um, yeah, going out through Pitch Publisher, yeah, by a guy called Simon Lord, and I'm just going to paraphrase what it says here: United with Dad. It's an emotional tale of football fandom and fatherhood detailing the agonising final two years in a man's life while drawing in on his love uh, for and memories of Manchester United. So uh, uh, so it's written by um, David's son, Simon Lord, who reflects on his father's life and their relationship and linking it around football. So uh, mm. it's one of those real... We can all, when we started football, well, certainly me anyway, you know, I think of the family kind of in the connection. That's why I, my dad took me to football. That's where it all started. So I love these kind of stories and... Uh, and um, yeah, he's a, a lifelong uh, Manchester United fan, and this is his first book. Uh, and he was inspired by a widely shared article he wrote um, for Joe Media shortly mm-hmm. after his father's death in 2019. So 
it obviously got a lot of exposure and he thought, oh, I'll have a go at writing a book. And uh, there you go. He's well now a, a, an author. So well done him. So He's yeah. Superb. United, United with Dad, that's called. Superb. Um, Sounds like a great yeah. read. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so other books then that's coming uh, soon. Move on to these. So um, I've got one that was recently sent to me. So I'll be doing a feature uh, soon. It's called Match Fit um, by a guy called Johnny Lowry. Um, it's an exploration of mental health in football. So, uh, um, so Johnny Lowry, the author, he was one of the first um, reviews I ever did on the My Football Books website. So no. if you ever went back to my very first uh, reviews, I did a review of one of his books called Six Added Minutes. He's a, he's a massive Sutton United fan. So it talks about uh, some of their joys they had in the FA Cup. Uh, I think it's mainly focused around 2006, but... Um, obviously, I always think about the one with Coventry as well. You might remember. I was say, yeah, after, I'm just it. about to say, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they knocked out Coventry, didn't they? They in the, did in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is match fit. Yeah, an exploration of mental health in football. So, uh, it basically goes from the Premier League down to Father's side, and it's on this. Um, uh, it's got candid contributions from the likes of Chris Kirkland, uh, Paul Lambert, Marcus Spence, and it just it talks on some of the issues footballers face after retirement. Uh, and the rise mm-hmm. of social media, uh, and um, yeah, the impact it has on on footballers. Also, I guess it'll also touch on the ones that don't, you know, they don't hit the, the highs, do they? Of football, and there's there's plenty of stories of people that don't quite make it, and uh, they're devastated by it because they, you know, very focused on just being a footballer, and um, all of a sudden they've got to go out to the big wide world and do something else. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, it touches on. On that, really. So, um, and uh, yeah, seasoned pros discuss the challenges they face in football, speaking openly about personal experiences. So, uh, yeah, sounds a quite hard hitting book, but uh, mm. an interesting one at the same time. So, uh, that's coming out. And again, that's throughout free pitch, which I feel like I say nearly every time now. Yeah. Um, the next one um, is called Answered Prayers, and this is by uh, now. This is about the 1966 World Cup, and I, I remember um, when I shared this on Twitter, and someone rightly um, put, so another book about the 1966 World Cup, but then you realise who the author is, and he's a chap called Duncan Hamilton. Yeah, uh, Duncan he's Hamilton, wrote a lot of books, isn't yeah, he's, he's three times William Hill Sports Book of the Year yeah. prize, and so it's called Answered Prayers, and it's England number 1966 World Cup, so I'd be interested to see what else he does you know, write about something that's obviously covered a lot, uh, but the fact it's written by Duncan Hamilton, uh, it's always going to make a good read. Done, so, done, uh, a, done a cluffy book, didn't I, Duncan Hamilton? It, uh, yeah, one of my, if not me, favourite of all, um, provided you don't kiss me. Yeah. 20 years with Brian Clough, yeah, wonderful mm-hmm. story. Some of the, some of the, um, the chapters on their own could be a book on its own, especially the one where he talks about Brian Clough's it will help, you know, alcoholism and how he struggled and all that. And, mm. But it's the way it's written. It's so, it's just, you you can feel it. You know, you feel like, you know, sometimes when you read a book, I know you don't read that often, but there's a book where you really <laughs> do feel like you're with, the re- you're, you're with him when he's mm. writing it. You feel yourself in that, what he's writing about. So, uh, through the use of words, I wish I could do that. But, I, yeah, I, so did, I did write a, uh, write a book. I did read a book while I was away in Turkey. Ah, okay, yeah. great. Frank Worthington. One on pool two, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm doing a tribute podcast about Frank because Frank would have been 75 this November. So we've yeah. got uh, I've got pieces by Alan Kirbishley, Joe Gallagher, 
Uh, Keith Burchin, Alan Hudson, uh, Terry Curran, Willie Morgan, and uh, yeah. and one or two others about uh, about the great Frank Worthington. So um, fantastic. So yeah, I was quite proud of myself. What we, what we yeah, what have we got next, my boy? Uh, next one um, is coming out the end of this month, so end of August. It's the King's the King takes over, and this is about Liverpool of the dark leash years uh, from 1985 to 1991. Mm. So it's a nostalgic account of when. Um, Liverpool were the best team in the land that they played that style of football. And, uh, yeah, and it's about the, well, Liverpool's great, obviously one of the greatest players of all time, isn't it? Come yeah. on, a great manager as well. King so Kenner. it's a look at those, yeah, King and uh, those years. So, uh, but it also touches on, which is inevitably about mm-hmm. the Hardy-Hillsbridge disaster impact yeah. for him as well, you know, and, um, and it also talks about how um, John Barnes, the first black player to be signed with Liverpool, overcome racism from the terraces to become a, a legend in the red during those um, through that period. So, mm-hmm. but written by a guy called Sharif Abdallah, uh, okay. who's a football writer and blogger. Uh, and um, yeah, I think um, I'm looking at. It, I think it's his first book. So uh, uh, again, absolute pitch. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. that's the King takes over. So um, any Liverpool fans and any fans from that area, and certainly King Kenny, will love that as well. So um, um, that's coming out at the end of the month. Lovely. Um, and then coming into September, uh, I think you might have shared this, I think I saw recently. Um, it's about, uh, it's called El Mes Grande. Oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> snap. Got that one as well. Uh, story of the story Argentina. Of the place. Yeah, the biggest yeah. and most successful club by Mark, yeah. Mark Orton. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I look at, there was one that come out last month. Again, it was um, oh, the Brazilian team, wasn't it? Um, Flamengo. I've got Flamengo. that one, yeah. I've got to mention that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Flamengo. Yeah. Flamengo. Is it Flamengo or Flamengo? One's a dance and one's a football club. And, yeah. and there's only, it's only a consonant away from each other. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, massive football clubs like that really interest me. And I love yeah. the title, El Mas Grande. It's like, yeah. just, it just said, and and a picture, iconic picture on the front cover as Wonderful. well. Wonderful, does it? Doesn't it? Isn't it? So yeah, yeah, the great the, the, River Plate. Yeah, the iconic stadium is it? The monumental, monumental, I think it is stadium. So uh, uh, I've just seen, maybe looking at clips of the, uh, you know, obviously the famous rivalry they've got with Boca Juniors. Uh, obviously <laughs> both from what a brass rivalry and all. But they're nicknamed the under nickname the. Um, because they're the largest club in South America. They yeah. earned the nickname, the Millionaires. Oh, okay. uh, and, um, yeah, and over the years, they've well, propelled some of the greatest talents from the continent to fame. So, uh, uh, great sides. And it talks about the great sides of the 50s, 70s, and 90s, um, right up to well, the all-conquering reign of the... I think I think he's just left up now, I'm pretty sure, but the, the coach called Marcello Gallardo. Okay. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so... Alfred's Destano, De, De Stefano, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so amongst others, uh, playing in that, uh, that shirt with the red stripe cross. I mean, what so. is the uh, the blonde arrow? Mm. One of the greats of all time. Yeah. I'm almost yeah. certain that they played a game for the um, the Hungarian, uh, sorry, the Hungarians, the uh, Torino side, El Grande Torino. I'm sure mm. that they, um, I'm sure they played Torino. As um, yeah. the, the first game when they had the air disaster, I'd have to look it up, but I'm sure that River Plate 
uh, played and, yeah. and and you know there's yeah. still a lot of uh, goodwill today between Torino yeah. and River Plate. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Almas but, Grande, looking forward to that one. Yeah, but I echo what you're saying. These 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 massive clubs, aren't they? And oh, I love their huge. Lead about the stories. But I'll, and I'll link back to the one you did mention though, Flamengo. So that's the one yep. that came out uh, last month. That was uh, yes. written by Stephen. Um, Brandt or Brent that's the Brandt. one yeah um, and um, he's written yeah, a few books of, hasn't he now Stephen yeah I think he wrote one on Boca Juniors actually I think that, that guy okay. so, Stephen um, but yeah so well again it's the most popular club in Brazil and the richest in Brazil for Mango mm-hmm. uh, in fact I remember reading one of the stats they've got over 40 million supporters uh, and that was as of 2022 so wow just incredible isn't it it's just wow it's mind-blowing. And when you look at these, you know, uh, the talking about Saudi Arabian clubs going into oh, Champions oh, League, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be that long until you have a Super <laughs> League where you've got River Plate, you've got you've yeah. got all the big clubs. I know there's a World Club tournament in America. I think yeah. it's this Christmas, isn't it? But I think yeah. the next development will be a... A Euro- well, not European, but a World Super League, and I think well, it will be Saudi-led, and you're not mm, going to have a broadcaster like that. You'll have a Netflix scenario oh, and yeah. Amazon, and yeah. it will all be streamed. And I think it'll be absolutely massive and global. It will, it will. It's funny you should mention that though, because like, they're, they're quite famous when they beat uh, mighty Liverpool, linking back to yes. the eighties, nineteen eighty-one. They yeah. won the Intercontinental Cup. Well, beating Liverpool, Flamengo did, and that's what you know put them into a bit of a limelight as well. Yeah. So, uh, but again, some of the players that played there, so you had Zico, I was say Zico uh, and uh, yeah, Jorginho, Romero, uh, Ronaldinho as well, from more recent times, and many of the stars of Tele Santana's uh, great team in 1982. Yeah, um, played for Flamengo. So yeah, yeah, what a what a club, and again, it's one of those big clubs, isn't it? So you love to read about, really. So. Absolutely massive. Excellent. What have you uh, got uh, next? Have we got any more snaps coming up? Yeah, so a couple of other ones that's coming up. Um, Thai football tales. Snap. Uh, snap. Excellent. It just caught my fancy. <laughs> uh, a, be- yeah, a, be- a beautiful madness. When I look at a title like that, I think, oh, and it's nice, colourful book yeah. cover. Uh, by Matt Riley and and yeah. Matt's got in touch with us on um, on Twitter. Brilliant. Yeah, he so is brilliant. yeah, you know, if you want anything, some images from the book, etc., just give us a shout. So um, I did say that we would be talking about the um, the book Toy Football yeah. Tales, a beautiful ma- a beautiful madness by Matt Riley. So all the best yeah. with that going forward, Matt. Yeah, give him a shout out. He's a he's a great supporter of my page. He shares a lot of what I've done, and he's a big supporter of a lot of pitch publishing fellow authors. You know, yeah, he's a, he's a great fellow. You know, he's a fellow um, uh, what do you call it? A football book enthusiast. So follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is uh, Capoodle, C A B O D L E sixty eight. So follow him on there. Uh, but just give a bit of a snapshot. I love the um, the sound of that book. Yes. He basically was, um, it sounds fascinating and bizarre at the same time, mm. uh, but he was working as uh, an English media officer in Thailand and basically he was given unique access, um, seldom granted to foreigners, uh, to some of the country's most um, yeah, powerful clubs. So it's a reporter from the inside of the, the football bubble, let's say, in, 
in Thailand. Uh, from spending an afternoon, it says, with Brian Robson in the Manchester United team hotel to persuading a player stopping off in Bangkok on the way to sign for an, uh, for an A-League club to abandon his journey, uh, journey and play in Thailand. Uh, basically, no two days are the same. So uh, it just sounds, yeah, it sounds one hell of a... There's a lot of tales, it sounds. Yeah, get um, an interesting yeah. book, isn't it? <laughs> sounds yeah. an interesting book. It's a book yeah. that's a little bit different. Because, again, Definitely. you know, football is a global game and they, you know, there is and there are other leagues mm. apart from the Premier League. And uh, yeah. they get some great attendances out there as well in, in Thailand. They do. So, they so, are yeah, passionate, yeah. Good, uh, <laughs> good, good luck to uh, to Matt Riley with his book, Tiger yeah, Double Tales. Beautiful madness. What yeah, else have we got, mate? Excellent. Uh, men, the men who made Manchester United. Yeah, um, that. Mm. Subtitled The Untold Story by Harry Robinson. So this basically it brings the tells the definitive history of Manchester United before Saint Matt Busby's post war housing days, really. So it talks about the tales um, that will, um, you know, it says here, will make you squirm, laugh and cry. So from the transfer fee of two freezers of ice cream to the tragic death of a young footballer and his forgotten family. Mm. So this is a right varied mix of stories in there. Uh, but it's a story behind the club's name and colours and the building of Old Trafford, the founding of the PFA and the creation of the academy. So, um, yeah, it sounds a fascinating read. So I know Harry Robinson quite a bit of his material. He writes a lot for the likes of 442, uh, the Blizzard, uh, the Independence. I know he's done a number of Manchester United related podcasts as well. So that's um, yeah, uh, coming out in September. Uh, another one after his pitch um, again. A um, couple others from uh, September that's coming out. Um, there's one called We Play On by Andy Brazel. Uh, he's a writer and broadcaster specialising in European football. Yeah. You may recognise the name. He does a yeah. lot of on talk sport, yeah, he does. Oh, well, as well as BT. But it's about um, uh, the subtitle of it's Shakhtar Didek's fight for Ukraine, football and freedom. So mm. uh, it talks about in 2014 when the conflict in the Donbass region of Ukraine began and uh, affected Shakhtar Donetsk. It went to X on it. It basically tells the story and inevitably the story of the conflict and the, obviously the Russian invasion since. And uh, and it's basically it says it's a testament to the power of football, you know, and the will of the players. That uh, um, yeah, it's ultimately a football story, but it explores some of that experience and the meaning of what it was to be, or what it is to be a Shakhtar player through the lens of a uh, you know, country which is a very aggressive neighbour. Deserbi, so, uh, Deserbi was mm. a former manager, wasn't mm. he? Uh, yeah, manager yeah. Brighton, uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. You don't hear them yeah. called Brighton and Hove Albion these days. It's just Brighton, that's, isn't it? Yeah, know. that's it. Excellent. Which segues really well because <laughs> I've got my next book I was going to mention is about Brighton. So this is the Seagulls' best ever season. Uh, subtitle Volume Two. This is out through Morgan Lawrence yes, Publishing Services. Yeah. Quite a, yeah. a small publisher, but they've sent me a book. Uh, it's written by a guy called Tony Noble, and it's about the Again, I'm amazed I'm writing these books so quickly, but it's 2022-23 season, so they've just gone. So uh, um, that's literally just come out as well. So Deserby, isn't it? Did I pronounce that right? He's he's the manager? Deserby, yeah. So, um, yeah, written by Mm. Tony Noble, a lifelong Brighton fan, season ticket holder. Uh, Yeah, and it's basically a match-by-match account that season. So I must read for Seagulls. And, uh, well, they're a model of... um, 
I think you know, well, I think my club Forest, you know, I think everyone looks at Brighton and thinks, well, can we try and do what they do? You know, from a club that's just grown and grown, isn't it? Yeah, they've, really. they've done you a know. fantastic job. Yeah, um, Tony Tony Bloom is the mm, the, the guy it. that pulls the purse strings there, isn't he? And um, yeah, yeah. Done, done a great job. As have uh, Brentford. You know the yes. the recruitment of both of those clubs have been first class. Yeah, it's nice to yeah. see this. You know, and they are it's no disrespect. They're a smaller club. You know, pitching it with the uh, with the best and going yeah. toe to toe and uh, knocking a few of the big boys over as well. So well done Brighton and uh, well done yeah. Brentford as well. Long Definitely. long may it continue. What have we? Uh, what have we got next, my boy? Next one, phenomenon. Uh, going back yeah, to the South. Uh, yeah, great. It's the incredible career. Brazil's Ronaldo. So, yeah. Uh, the the, uh, the Brazilian regent. The proper Ronaldo. Everyone says that, don't they? When yeah, they, da- Daniel Wilson. Well, I mean, he yeah. was... I mean, yeah. I think that Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, was one of the great players of all time. I'm not mm. saying that the new Ronaldo yeah. isn't as well, because he's done yeah. very well. Yeah. But I think yeah. that he was more natural, wasn't he, Ronaldo, yeah. uh, the Brazilian yeah, one, and uh, a shame that he had so many really, really bad injuries. He did, uh, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that looks as though it's going to be a fantastic read phenomenon by Daniel Williamson, the story of Ronaldo. Yeah, remarkable. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like a ballerina sometimes, wasn't it, with his pose and his composure, wasn't incredible. it? I just, about incredible. I, I just think he's one of, yeah, one, of, one of the greatest central strikers that the world has yeah. ever seen. I think, you know, I mean, he was <laughs> unbelievable, that Ronaldo. Again, well, for me, I'd much prefer the Brazilian Ronaldo to yeah. the Portuguese Ronaldo, but it's all opinions and, and so on. Yeah. And people will say, well, he scored more goals. And you go, yeah, well, he played more games. He's going to win, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I look forward to that. Great author, Daniel Wilson. He's wrote for a number of books. He seems to be on a uh, writing a book a year at the moment. So he's done one on uh, Blue and Gold Passion. That was Boca Juniors. And he then he wrote one on yeah. World Went to Worlds Collide. That was a bit of the Intercontinental Cup, yes, which yeah. we just mentioned. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a prolific writer. Got some so, nice titles, in he? He has, yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, phenomenal. Great yeah. thoughts for the book as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bringing it up to speed, coming it well. I say bringing it up to speed. So bringing it back to October, um, there's another one. This might be a snap. It's called Old. So I get this. Uh, I don't be sure it's pronounced. Is it Old A U L D? Old foes. Snap. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> old foes. World, yeah. World football's oldest rivalry. So oh, James Stevens. Uh, that's it. Yeah. yeah so um, when you looked, uh, when you looked, mm. I asked Terry the same question. When mm. you looked at the book. Title mm. Old Foes mm. written A U L D as like old enemies, yeah. Old yeah. Foes, uh, World Football's oldest rivalry by James Stephen. What, yeah. yeah, where did you think he was going with the world's oldest rivalry? I, I was thinking England Scotland, I, I did, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. thought exactly the same, yeah, yeah, uh, and then I looked at <laughs> and I thought, ah. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I did ask Terry Curran on the uh, the current view this week, and Terry said uh, arts and ibs, uh, yeah. and it's hundred fifty. Yeah, it's hundred and fifty yeah, years, okay. isn't it? Of, it is, of yeah. arts and ibs. So, yeah, world football's oldest rivalry by uh, James Stephen. Yeah, their first match they played against each other. I did a bit of research. Was uh, on Christmas Day in eighteen seventy five. So. Uh, <sighs> 
It's incredible, isn't it? So football, football's been going but again, so long. But England played wonderful. Scotland in the first international in eighteen seventy two. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. incredible history, isn't it? Yeah. Over the uh, Scotland and England. So yeah. uh, Scotland, uh, oh, it's, it is remembered. It's uh, sometimes it's worth reminding Scotland had such a big impact on the growth oh, of football. So uh, you think of the home of football, England and all that, but my word, Scotland certainly had its, uh, um, uh, you know, very much uh, involved as well. So, yeah, but yeah that's uh, Scotland. Scotland mm. has left its indelible mark on the game of association. Yeah, that's great. Well said. Yeah. Mm. So it's a story of exhilarating highs, innovations, world first, and trailblazing in Europe. Uh, Plus the wretched loads of relegation, agonising near misses, and everything in between. So, but it shines a spotlight on a, a captivated football rivalry that's poorly understood. And I must say, when I shared that on Twitter, I, uh, I sometimes look at the phone. I think, what on earth is going on? Yeah. I can hear it going off, going off. Going off. Goodness knows how many retweets and likes it got. So um, you always get the inkling you think there's a book that's going to catch the attention of people, and that one did certainly. Get a great cover as well. It always helps. So, uh, great picture on there. So, yeah, that's uh, old foes. Um, uh, another one coming out in October. Uh, there's a lot of books, I could say, coming out, so I'll cut, touch on a few more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echoes of Italian Summer. Snap. Um, <laughs> snap. <laughs> another one, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's Italian 90, yeah. The Stories of Italian 90 by Paul uh, Grish, or Grish. Yeah, so, uh, G-R-E-C-H, isn't it, yeah? That's it, yeah, yeah. so... But yeah, reveals some of the fascinating stories that underpinned uh, yeah, Italian ninety, which uh, long lives very much in the memory. So absolutely, uh, and uh, fondly remembered for a number of reasons. I always think of the music, like it's got there. Brilliant, Bar- on the front. Yeah, drum, fantastic. Isn't it? I mean, he, yeah. he made opera cool, didn't he? He did. He you did. know, what I mean, everyone. Oh, should we go to an opera? Well, no, because it's all in Italian and we don't know what's going on. But yeah. um, that, what's well, it? Uh, Ness and Dorma oh, yeah. phenomenal I mean when Pavarotti sang that you just think oh my god wow <sighs> and what a great tournament it was Italia 90 yeah great, great stories weren't they? Yeah, yeah great fantastic. stories and that, that song by the way Ness and Dorma I always think of the if you remember the subtitles if you ever want to at the moment where your hair's on the back of your neck yeah. you go on YouTube and just type in BBC subtitles when yeah. they they had that song when it come on it was just like wow just had this mm. I don't know what it was. It was just great. Yeah, great connection of music and football and, and all that. So, some of the football was not the best World Cup in the world, but um, some great stuff. I forget Roger Miller when he's on the front cover yeah. as well. You know, yeah. Cameroon. That dad's around a corner flag. So yeah, absolutely. Great, I mean, great he memories, a, wasn't he? was about 62, wasn't he, when he'd done that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good stuff. Um, another one. So, 1953. Snap. This is, <laughs> yeah, great. This life in football 70 years ago. Mar- Marvin Close, he actually yeah. wrote one on life 100 years ago, 1923. But this one, yeah, yeah he's brought it. So, uh, this is um, a unique snap- snapshot of life and football around uh, Queen Elizabeth's um, uh, coronation year. Mm-hmm. So, explore some of the matches and personalities. So, and I did a bit of research again into this book, knowing we'd talk about it. Um, 1953. It was the, the first. It was the year when uh, colour TV was first went on sale. Yeah. Would you believe the population mm. was 2.6 billion? 
You now think it's over eight billion. Yeah. It's just how the world's changed massively since mm-hmm. then. It was um the year as well of the famous Matthews Cup final. Um Blackpool beating Bolton Wanderers at Wembley. Yeah, there so, was um, um, the Matthews final when uh, when Stan Mortison scored a hat trick and the only man to yeah. do it in an FA Cup final. But yeah, a Stan. Nothing like <laughs> stealing <laughs> your thunder, was yeah. it? Yeah. He had a, yeah, he had a metal plate in his head as well, you know, Stan Mortison. Did he? Mm. Really? Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. But yeah, to score a hat trick and not really be remembered as well as someone else for that final was uh, sticking his throat a little bit. Yeah. So, um, um, and a couple of us, if we've got yep. a bit of time yep, then. Yeah, we have, Because so, yep. I've still got um, a few to snap. Yeah, excellent. Well, mm. the one I've got, I don't know if it's on your list, um, and it's not just because it's Forest, but it's called it's the authorised biography of Ian Storymore. Hey. Uh, yeah, what Ian Storymore. Ian Storymore. What about him? Has he got, wrote a, written a book? It's it's the authorised biography of him. Oh blimey! Uh, I've not seen that yeah. come out. Where's that? You'll have to. It's uh, only just been announced. It's coming out in uh, the twenty third of October to be precise. Uh, out through pitch. So it's, uh, it's the, the title is Give It More, He Will Score. Uh, it's the authorised biography of Ian Storymore, the man Clough couldn't buy, and it's by um, it's by two guys, Stuart Humphreys and uh, Richard Harrison. Oh right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, Forrest, legendary forward of the sixties and early seventies. So uh, he scored more than well, was over a hundred top flight goals for Forrest. I'm going to take a little uh, bit of credit for that because I did when I interviewed Ian. I said you should write a, a biography. Do I did yeah. yeah. Oh, and he was sure. he was okay. never that he didn't he, he he was never really yeah uh, and he was he, he seemed really unsure story more but I yeah. said I said you're an absolute legend you know the, wow. the, there's things that you you know players that we we've had that that their stories should, and that's why I do the podcast legends of the seventies yeah. and there you go, um, and it was a mm. great podcast with story more. I mean that wonderful goal that he scored against Arsenal at the City Ground. Yeah. And and when you know we're talking about um, what 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 did you say the the man that Cluffy couldn't buy? Yeah, the subtitle says the man Clough couldn't buy. Well, it says there, and so. and he he couldn't for what? Well, Story Moore actually signed for Derby County. Yeah, yeah. He's sensational on off transfer to Derby County. For a British record fee, it was front pages. But it was never on. Mm. I mean, Brian uh, Brian uh, said that, it, but it was never on. What it, what happened is the um, story. But Clough, Cluffy come and told him that it's all signed and so you'll just sign on. Then you'll be a Derby County player, young man. Welcome to Derby County. But the Forest, yeah. Forest Board wouldn't sanction it. Right. And 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 Cluffy went back to him and they they says no, we're not we're not. Um, we're not selling him to uh, to Derby County, so it oh. was the, it was the Nottingham Forest board that wouldn't sign the transfer off, but Storymore actually did put his signature to the transfer and believed that he'd signed for Derby County from Nottingham Forest, and oh. and, he, and he said from that day forward, Cluffy never spoke to him. No, it says in here as well. Yeah. You'll have to read, share that podcast, by the way, yes. uh, Paul. But uh, it sounds mm-hmm. like he definitely took some inspiration from it. It says in the um, summary that um, 
Yeah, it left Brian Clough unable to speak to him for two decades. No, he didn't. Uh, yeah. And um, joined Manchester United and um, played alongside Best, Law and Charlton. Yeah. Um, but it's the first time, like it says here, that the author's decided to tell his story of his life and career during on uh, interviews and personal scrapbooks and his first-hand memories. So uh, he's a huge really... and figure. Really, really, really looking forward to that because, yeah. you know, out of all the players that have ever played for your team, Nottingham Forest, mm. Story Moore has got to be up there because he was yeah. telling me about, because I said, how did you get the name Story Moore? And he was telling me about <laughs> how it come about because he said, I, I was a little bit shy to, because it, it just sounded too posh. Story yeah, more. Yeah, so when yeah. he played for England, it was like Ian Moore because he had a goal disallowed. He played against yeah. uh, Holland in 1970, January 1970. Then yeah. he got a bad injury, but Alpha told him that he was really in the reckoning for the 70 uh, World Cup finals. I was robbed of the place, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah, that, in, yeah. that injury was very similar to the one that he'd sustained earlier. It's yeah. a fantastic part. It was about an hour and a half, and I thoroughly enjoyed listening to uh, to Story Moore, an absolute legend and yeah, some some great, great tales. So I yeah. definitely one hundred percent will be uh, will be buying that book. Um yeah, really as well. Yeah, Liam Brady yeah. and Story Moore. Any book from the seventies, it really yeah. gets my juices flowing. I'll share that on Twitter in the yep, coming days. Do. But the front, co- the front cover's great as well. It's in Story More, just in Story More. It's got the the red forest top on, the old badge, and it's just him Brilliant. looking at, just looking straight on, just him. You know, is just it, ahead, it, of, a bit like a photo, like your passport photo. Is it in the kind white? Of kind of photo. Is it in the white forest kit? No, red. It's in the red. I was going the, the red, red forest kit. Yeah, yeah. The white, but the uh, the forest, the old, um, the badge with the. Um, uh, yeah, it's in the the white, the old white one, yeah. badge. Yeah. yeah, the old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Or, uh, it changed. So, yeah, that's the book that comes out in October. So, uh, I think, like you said, it'll be popular amongst a lot of people, not oh, just... Uh, story more, and, uh, my yeah. lord, story more. <laughs> story song, yeah. more, my lord, story more. Yeah. Great. Absolute Great legend. legend. Brilliant. Excellent. Uh, and then uh, linking it to another kind of story is uh, it's called The Lion Who Never Roared it's about Jack Leslie uh, he was oh, a star right. robbed of England glory yeah, so this lad. is one that's coming out yeah that's it so Plymouth uh, Plymouth Argyle it. yeah you got it yeah he had an illustrious career with Plymouth um, he uh, scored 137 goals mm. in 400 matches it says here but uh, there's a statue so, yeah, it's the start- statue outside Home Park now and they're having that's it. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So, yeah, it's the incredible story of Jack Leslie, the only black player in the Football League, when he was selected for his country in 1925, only to be dropped yeah. due to the colour of his skin. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Which is just incredible now. In, mm. uh, but the forward's by Viv Anderson as well. Oh, Viv right, Spider. And B. Yeah, that's it, Spider. So, uh, but it's, yeah, it's about his illustrious career, and he became the league's first black captain before an eye injury forced him to retire. Uh, and um, um, in the 60s, he joined West Ham United, and he shined the boots of World Cup winners like Bobby Moore. Um, so, but yeah, nearly a century after his heyday, this has been written by a guy called Matt uh, Tiller, and it's okay. drawn on material from Leslie's uh, family archive. Uh, it's just yeah, Jack Legacy's unfilled. It's, it's um, as it says, it's a heartbreaking yet inspiring biography. 
with okay. contributions from Viv Rob, Viv Anderson, and also sort of Trevor Brookin. So, uh, um, and um, it's even some it's some of these books get shared, uh, you know, in advance, so they can promote mm-hmm. it. And there's even uh, a couple of quotes here. It says, uh, "Review beautifully written and a fitting tribute for an unfairly overlooked legend by uh, someone called Josh Whittacombe. And then Viv Anderson, yeah, I know John, it, yeah. says, well, I don't yeah, know him, but he's he's on the, the the last leg, isn't he? Or the uh, that's it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, that's coming out uh, October time as well, around about the same time as Ian Story books, because Ian Story Moore's book. He was yeah. also in um, Football's Black Pioneers book as well. He uh, was. That, that yeah, was a, a, a good book, book written a few years ago. Again, I've uh, done a yeah. podcast with it with the fellas, uh, the, the authors of of that book. So. Yeah. However you access your podcast, just go on there and have a look at it. SRB Media is the, uh, the put into a search engine and all our podcasts will yeah. come up for you. Excellent. What, Excellent. what, else, what else we got, mate? Well, I've just got a couple more. I'll, I'll, I'll come to coming towards the end. Um, yeah. There's one um, which brings it to modern days, but it's called uh, the, world's, the World's Biggest Cash Machine by Chris Blackhurst. This comes out in October. It's about... Uh, Manchester United, the Glazers, and the struggle for football soul. Mm. So, uh, yeah, Chris Chris Blankhurst, he's a former editor of The Independent, and it's um, it's uh, a tightly reported account of the Glazers, the owners of United still, and if you watched the game against Wolves, you would have seen them as they were walking out of the, the uh, tunnel. They had the banners up, didn't they, just behind um, but it's it's yeah, it talks about that uh, that relationship. So uh, if the Glazers uh, owned Birmingham City, we mm. would think that we've died and gone to heaven. Yes, I, know, I mean yeah. they've still yeah. spent lashings of money. They're still one of the biggest spenders in world football. Mm. You know, I just, I don't know. I I just with ownership and stuff like that, I'll just give it a wide berth. It it doesn't do yeah. anything for me, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but there you go. Good good luck to them that 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 write the book and yeah. that. But you know, not not for me. Any any yeah. political <clears throat> book, I um, yeah. I give it a wide berth. I'm not interested. Yeah. But story more, story more. I shall hundred percent be uh, yeah. be buying that book. I'm really uh, that's that's made my night. That has. Story, <laughs> story more has got a book out. Brilliant. Yeah, all down to you, Paul, for that podcast. So. Uh, I'll finish with two more, then, if that's, okay. good, if that's good with you. So uh, yep. one that's coming out um, uh, is called Pride Before the Fall. It's by Ryan Cobley, and it's about how Derby County have gone from playoff final to near extinction. So yeah. and I'm not just choosing this. I'm not gloating, Forest fan, you know. I'm not one of those kind of things. So, uh, you know, I, I missed the robbery, and I missed it for a few years. Um, mm. I wouldn't say that to... I've um, been too great, on match personally. Day. Yeah, exactly, I mean... but... but it, Go on, sorry. No, I just think Derby County. I just think they're a great club. But, yeah. uh, you know, Brian Clough, you know, done wonders mm. there. He, I mean, he took them from nothing to Football yeah. League champions. Absolutely. And in the 70s, Derby won the greatest. Then Cloughy left. Um, yeah. Dave Mackay won the championship again in 75 with the fewest points. But, um, yeah. you know, when there was probably about... 12 clubs that could have won the Football League Championship in those days. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've always liked Derby and I've always yeah. liked Forest, but and it's only because of one man, Brian Howard Clough. You know, I've always yeah. been a massive Cloughy fan. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Well, this book captures the recent times. So examine, because they were, like, as you know, a founding member of the English Football League, two-time yeah. two time First Division champions, but they nearly walked off the face of the earth with uh, that ownership and mm. all the, the goings-on with Wayne Rooney when he turned up. Obviously, partnered, um, was it Philip Cocker, I think it was there as well? Uh, Not sure. captain. I think it was him, so I'm trying to remember. But, yeah, that, that book covers that... Um, yeah, really, they almost went to literally extinction, didn't they? So, mm. uh, and uh, they're gradually building their way back up in League One. So that's one that's coming out in October. And uh, the last one I'll touch on is the autobiography of John Rudge. Um, oh, yes, I saw that, yeah. Uh, yeah, so with Simon Lowe. So it's the unfolding life story of the legendary Port Vale manager, John Rudge. So uh, behind the scenes, uh, inside the ups and downs. Uh, he had six decades and professional football so there were plenty of stories in that book uh, he took him from the depths of Division 4 uh, re-election to the Premier League and Europe so yeah. um, it says it so yeah and they managed them for 19 years so and against some of the players Robbie Earl Mark Bright Ian Taylor and then um, he then moved to I didn't say it. Did he, move to St- he went to Stoke, didn't he? If I, if I remember I can't right. remember if I'm honest but I do remember Roger there at, uh, I'm not sure he was a manager Vail. but he went yeah, I think he went over in some capacity. Uh, Vega rings a bell. So, um, but yeah, so that's coming out. And it, the one bit it does catch my eye, it says it's a hilarious memoir that also reveals why a second-hand larder uh, changed John's life uh, and how he signed a drag artist and they ended up in Dennis Law's bed. So. You see, stories like that that really, I think, <laughs> I'm going to buy that book now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's that all about? I mean... The rest of the book. What's the drag artist? Yeah. (laughs) Ends up in Dennis Law's bed. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I've got a couple of books here. Nowhere to Run. Nowhere to Run. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. By Jonathan Sayer. Yep. What do you know about that book? Have you in your library? Yeah. So it's one that, again, it's only just recently literally come out at the start of this week. So he's an award-winning comedian, Jonathan Sayer. I know he follows me. Okay. As well, uh, and uh, yeah, I've seen that. He's, he's, he's got a big following on Twitter, and uh, it's had some great reviews. Nowhere to run. Um, there's only so many books you mentioned, so I'm sorry I missed that one. But yeah, he read. It's basically about. Um, he's evolved in some way on Ashton United FC. Okay. Uh, I, I think they're, they're great in Manchester, Ashton. Yeah. That way. So, uh, but yeah, and now he was evolved in the club one way or another. It sounds quite a. An interesting sales because it says the subtitle is Ridiculous Life of a Semi Professional Football Club Chairman. So, sounds uh, an interesting story to say the least. Yeah. But it, I, lo- I love one of the reviews. Uh, Michael Calvin, one of the great football writers, he's, uh, he's, he's quotes, he puts, Eat your heart out, shit, man- Manzur. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's obviously there's something about his book. And actually, he's even got a quote from the great uh, Peter Kay. Uh, okay. It says, uh, "Yeah, the fu- it's a funny, heartwarming story, packed with memorable captures that are want you to cheer him on all the way." Habit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, because um, Pete, Peter Kay don't like football, does he? He, he knows nothing. He, does. No. he knows absolutely nothing. No. In fact, Paddy McGuinness was on Talk Sport the other day, and Andy um, was, was like, "Get him, get him on the. If you phone him up now, do you think he talks to us?" He said, "No, we don't like football." <laughs> and and he, he said he was he was talking. Um, <laughs> this is like um, Paddy McGuinness. He was he was sitting there talking to uh, Teddy Sheringham. He said, "And Pete come in." He said, "Who's he?" 